All right, welcome to Grab's podcast, where we share firsthand stories of real-world rescues. Our guest today is James Barlow, who is with Clinton Fire in Mississippi. Uh, James, tell us a little bit about your department and your and your experience. Um, I'm a I'll be 14 years in uh, in October of this year. Uh, we're a four-station department. Uh, we have four engines, a ladder, a rescue. Uh, deputy chief and uh, our ladder sometimes runs as a, a special operations unit but it's so our ladder is not fully staffed like most departments are it's only like two guys on it to be honest uh, our rescue lieutenant is supposed to be part of their crew uh, so but uh, as far as our engines go we run three men on each unit on each engine company all right. Um, what uh, is this? Uh, what's your first alarm uh, residential assignment look like? Uh, just a residential structure fire at home. It's going to be two engines, uh, the ladder truck, a rescue, and a deputy chief. Okay. And then if it's a working fire, do you guys upgrade, or is that what you get? Yeah. Uh, it depends on the size, uh, and it also depends on the DC because it's really up to him whether he wants to call another unit. But for the most part, the culture now is is bring a third engine if it's a working fire. Okay, what's the uh, what's the search culture within your department? Um, like who searches? When does it get assigned? Stuff like that. Really, uh, a lot of it is is dependent upon the. Uh, the first engine company officer that's on the truck. But most of the time, a search is not done right off the bat. Uh, and it's not it's not pre-assigned to any unit that's showing up. Um, for, cause for, for our, per our SOGs, uh, they only dictate who's fighting the fire and who's catching the hydrant. And basically after that, it's, uh, it's up to the commander to, to assign them tasks, whether they're needed. And if they're not needed, they're not usually assigned. Okay. And then it, uh, when you guys are doing a uh, search, do you guys, do you guys typically do a VES? Is that normal for you? Do you guys split search, oriented search, rope search? What's the deal? For us, a lot of times it's going to be a uh, oriented, like either a hand pattern or uh, like a known a, a last known location search like a hasty search maybe mm-hmm. uh, other than that it's uh it's not um like i say it's not predefined most of the time it's it's up to the officer in charge when to do a search or, or when we're not it's not uh it's is not that, pre-assigned so yeah is that normal within your area like within jacksonville and surrounding areas you guys work well uh ne- our next the neighboring department is jackson fire which is probably the biggest in the state and now they have they have more units and they have a rescue squad and their rescue squad their primary goal when they get there is a search a primary search Okay. They do a primary search when the fire's being fought, and then they do a secondary search after the fire is put out. Yeah. On all fires. Um, where but they have they have twenty one stations. So yeah. 
and each each district has seven stations. So they just have more manpower and they have four guys on a the truck. Their, their rescue units though are similar to our engine companies because our engine companies are kind of equipped like a rescue unit. We have jaws on them and, uh, but we also have thousand gallon of water on each truck where on each engine. So, um, for the most part they have, and then, then they have the second alarm. Basically, if we go past the two alarm or R, we've exhausted our whole city. Yeah. Uh, it's because of the size. So. Absolutely. All right. All right, James, uh, take us back. Uh, tell us a year, what's going on, uh, what time of day it was. Tell, take us back to, this, to your story. Okay. Uh, in February 4th, 2019, which is last year, at 2106, we got a call for – a house fire with a, a possibility of entrapment. And uh, th this call was uh, maybe three miles from the from our station. I'm, I'm in the district it was in. And uh, we arrived on scene within, it was five minutes of arrival. And uh, really, uh, first arriving on scene, it was just, um, almost at nine o'clock at night, and um, we could see people outside, but I, I, we weren't sure if there was still anybody in there or not. At the time, dispatcher said there was, but uh, police were also there either too. And they had, uh, what I didn't know at the time, they had went around to the side of the house and tried to go through a window to get the guy out of the house. Uh, but when we arrived on scene, the fire was coming out the front door. The, 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 the front door had two double doors and they were wide open and fire was coming straight out of it. And, uh, so my initial thought was, uh, we got off the truck and we pulled a line, uh, went to the front door. And as we're starting to spray and try to knock down the fire at the front door, I could hear glass breaking and stuff to my left in a room. And uh, I told my firefighter, I was like, well, stay right here and make sure the fire don't get no bigger. I'm going to go in and look in this room real quick because I heard all the commotion. So is this you're inside the in structure? The, uh, you're inside the structure now yeah, at this time? Okay. Uh, at that time, and, and, and like the front door, from the front door to the door of the, the room that he was in was maybe 10 foot. Okay. Like when you entered the house, it was a hallway, like a, like a little uh, entryway hallway. And it went, like if you went straight, you went straight toward fire, which was the kitchen. But to the left of that door was the door to the bedroom. And, uh... So I went in there to that door in that bedroom and I found him laying on the floor. Was that door shut uh, or open before you went made into it? It was open. Okay. It was open. And I, you could see on the ground, you could probably see probably four foot down, like waist high down, you could see. Now above that, you couldn't. Uh, and so I... I I grabbed him and I pulled him to the window. The police officers were at that window. They were like calling out to him. The the noise I'd heard was them taking their mag light and breaking that window. Uh, okay. And they were 
like calling out to him. My our DC had arrived on scene just about the same time we did, and he actually had half his foot in that window, fixing to go in that window to try to reach in and grab me. But but when he saw me coming, he's like, "No, I don't need to do that." Plus, it, the heat was getting to him too. On top of that, in that window, well, I drug him to that window and I tried to pick him up by myself, and I couldn't. Like I tried, I made two attempts. What size, just, what size is he? Underneath. Uh, I think he, weighed, he told me he weighed 225. Okay. And I'm uh, I'm 165 pounds. I'm 5'5", okay. 165 pounds. Uh, I tried to reach up under his arms and pick him by the shoulders and put him up in that windowsill, and I couldn't. So I, I stopped what I was doing. I turned around, and I went back through the doorway to the front entrance of the door, and I grabbed my firefighter at that time. I told him, I said, drop the hose, come with me. And he did, and we went in there, and basically I got on one side of him, and he got on the other side, and we picked him up and put him in that windowsill. By then, the police officers were still there, or, or D.C. was still there, but Engine 1 was showing up. Our second new engine was showing up on scene at that time. And they helped with them, and they took him to the street. Well, I... I went back through that door and back to the front porch to go fight fire. But what I didn't know was my firefighter, he was, he went through the window and like he come around to the front of the house and he told me like, I think I've been burned. And like everything was going on like it was, I was like, what do you mean? He said, no, I've been like, the look at his face looked like he just saw a ghost. And, uh, I was like, you need to go see our DC now. And he went back around there to him where they checked him out medically wise. And he had second and third degree burns on his back. And I don't, I, I didn't have them obviously, but he did. And I think he got them from standing in that doorway waiting on me to come back because he, he felt like he didn't want to hit the fire too much and steam us in that other room. Hmm. So he just kind of held off for a second and as he did as he was looking for me the fire built back up on his right side which was the side that he was looking like that was facing the house for him and that's where he got burnt the most was on his right shoulder and the back of his arm basically but all that happened so fast it happened like before our ladder truck ever made it on scene, we had him out the window. Yeah. And through the, uh, and, and uh, he was going to the street as the ladder truck arrived on scene. Um, and so, that's how it all went down. It went down really, really fast. So it was. Yeah. So what size, uh, what size structure was this? Oh, uh, it was about a 1900 square foot home, maybe okay. 2000 square foot home. One story. One story, um, the fire started in the kitchen and uh, some of the uh, the walls in the kitchen was all wood paneling. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of helped it a little bit. Uh, and it went to the front door and out the back of the kitchen to the garage, which had two vehicles in it. And it caught them on fire while all that was going on. Did you guys, when you guys, um, <clears throat> when you went into that room to make that rescue, did you guys isolate while you guys were taking, uh, taking them out the window? 
Uh, no, we did not. We never closed that door off. In fact, the door was burnt halfway off. Okay. By the time it was all said and done. Yeah. And do you get, do you guys, uh, do you guys VES often in your department? Um, no, not really. Yeah. I was just, yeah. Cause you, well, you had your, your DC that was thinking about going in that window. So it's not, it's not like yeah. it's off the, it's not like it's a no, no. It's just, a, it's just not like a normal thing for your guys' department. Yeah. I, I think if he'd have been anywhere else, he'd have got in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering. Uh, yeah, that's good. And then uh, how high was that window sill you took uh, that, that victim out? It, it was uh, just a normal general window sill. It was probably waist high, but it was a double window. Okay. And the, the police had knocked it all the way out, like entirely. Okay. So, so they took was, out the sash and everything. Right. They, they had knocked it. Like there was no metal left on it or whatever, but it, I thought we could cut him up when we put him across that window because all the broke glass. But he didn't have any cuts on him or anything. Uh, yeah. I was really surprised about that. Yeah, how'd you uh, how'd you and your firefighter get your uh, that two hundred twenty pounder up and out of the window? Like, did you guys grab head first, feet first, legs? How, how'd you get him out? And well, what kind of grab did you make? Uh, we grabbed him underneath each armpit. Like I got on one armpit, and he got on the other armpit. And basically, we just squatted down and, and picked him up with our legs and put him in that window sill. So he must have went head first out the window. Yeah, he went head first out the window on his back. Okay, and then you know. oh, on his back. Okay, and then uh, they yeah. they received him on the outside. How high was that outside uh, drop? Was it a was it a low drop or like was it five foot tall on the outside for the for them to receive the victim? No, it was it was probably probably forty inches or thirty inches. Probably okay. 30 inches because it was, it was a little bit waist high. It had a little bit of a downhill slope that dirt did there, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah. It was maybe 40, 30, 40 inches tops. What, uh, what kind of lessons did you learn from this fire? Like, uh, what can you, what did you learn from this rescue and or fire? Um, for me, yeah. um, I, I know that on this one, like, uh, like my radio report, wasn't that course because I had my mask on when we got there because of the the nature of it and uh, my RDC and stuff has been trying to talk me into uh, you know not wearing my mask when I know I'm first due you know to give a better report so I've been looking into ways to don on and dot that thing uh, faster and and still be able to give a good report across the radio when I first get there. Uh, because a lot of times I don't really talk a whole lot. I'm more action than talk. So <laughs> I like that. My report, my reports when we, walk, when we got there was just flames coming out the front door. We'll be laying a line, and that was it. I didn't say anything else. What else you got to say? And, with the, and, and the like, it took us a while to get a hydrant there. Yeah. And in fact, because so many people like just because originally our DC told us the second end engine, which was our engine one to get the hydrant. And then he, he backpedaled and said, no, I need y'all to come help here. Cause it took a minute to get that third alarm, the second alarm engine that's getting routed. And eventually we, we ended up with all four engines there, but they didn't come until probably five minutes into the whole ordeal. And by that time, a lot of the, the major work it didn't happen and was done with, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. What uh <clears throat> shoot, I had something. Gosh dang it. 
Um, what started the fire was his wife was cooking fish, was frying fish. Oh yeah. And he had already the 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 guy we rescued had already <clears throat> laid down in bed for the night. Like he had just laid down, and um, his wife, I guess she wanted a bit, a little late night snack, and she was gonna fry up some fish. Well, she caught it on fire, and she went in there and told him. So I then caught the kitchen on fire, and he told her, he said, well, call 911 and get out. And he he didn't have no clothes on, so he went to the closet real quick to get a pair of pants and put on. Uh-huh. But by the time he got back from the closet to the door to get out, the smoke hit him, and he hit the floor. Wow. And he, said, he told us, he said the last thing he remembered was laying down on the floor and – thinking that the signal was going to fall on him and it was over with. So, obviously, he's alive today. Yes, he is. Awesome. He That's is. awesome. That's a great great feeling. Uh, we're getting a firefighter on who was a rookie then uh, to come and tell his side of the story of this fire. Hey, how are you? Hey, what's up, dude? What's your name? Uh, Chase Chapel. All right, Chase. So, uh, so I just talked to uh, James about this. That fire you guys had, yeah, so so this is, uh, what, just, just about a year and a half ago, you were a rookie. Uh, was this your first yes, fire? Sir. Was this your first fire job? No, sir. Uh, it, was, it was, we actually were a little hot that year. We burned a little bit more often than we used to that year, and it kind of slowed back up. Uh, that, was, that was one of the years we, we caught a few in that year. Why don't you uh, Why don't you tell me about uh, your side of the story? Tell me what uh, what you're thinking when uh, you guys got off that rig that day. Man, it, it was it, that was a weird fire. Uh, we rolled up and right there at the tee whenever we turned and uh, finally finally got to the house. Man, it was it was weird. It was it wasn't a lot of smoke. It was more a low light. Looked like a fog almost. Uh, when I when I hit the back of the truck and I was coming around the back corner of the truck and I was gonna go get a water extinguisher thinking it was just a regular little small kitchen fire nothing to it I mean we were moving with a purpose but and when you looked at it it was like this 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 is this is not what we thought it was you know what I mean and um, when I cut I cut the corner and I got past the doorway you could actually see flames in but it was it wasn't it wasn't a big smoke flume coming off of the house you know and uh, at that time, I went in and dropped the water extinguisher and grabbed a, a pre-connect, got the hose flaked out, and uh, they called in that they they got uh, a victim in. That was that was prior to it, but when we got there, nobody was there in the yard. There, there was nobody to be seen, you know, uh, to really give us a rundown. And me and Jay, we we got the water, we got water in the line, got up to the door, and he told me fire attack and he was going to do a search pattern and he wanted me to hang out right there so, i mean we were right there on the fire you know and uh we were waiting i was waiting on water he was going in on a primary search it happened so quick it was within i don't even i'm not even going to give it a time to be wrong it was quick he came back out and it was like a three doorway area he came out and told me he had somebody before i could even really get water on the fire and once he, he walked back, I so saw which were, way he went. So you were waiting on water to get pumped to you, and uh, and that's yep. when he came back it, to you, so you didn't even get to knock it down. No, it, it, there was no knockdown really at all for us. Uh, 
I know once we got in and we got we got in, we got to the victim and got him over to the window. Uh, it, it it was it that was, it was a quick call. I will say that it was quick the way everything played out. But I mean that fire made it grow. It, it was crazy. Uh, from the time I hit the back back corner of the truck to the time we went in, it, it was it was a dramatic difference, you know. Uh, really, it, it, it took off on us. Uh, but we got him to the window, and it, we got him up to the window. Started raising him out, and then the truck crew came up and started helping us trucking the engine crew. Yeah. So, uh, so you, I mean, how was that? How was getting that victim out the window? Was that uh, first time taking a, a, a actual victim out a window, and how how'd it go? It, it was. It wasn't the first time taking well a real human out of the window. Yes, that was the first time. Uh, I will say, if he didn't have boxers on, it would have been a whole lot different. Uh, you were grabbing on the man, he was just slippery and slimy, you know. Uh, and and the fact that he was moving, he was he was not completely out of it by the time we got to him. He he was pushing away, you know. He didn't want us to touch him, which I understand. He was in a great amount of pain uh, with all the burns and everything, but it, it, it's it's a different ball game when they're slippery and slimy and you can't get a grip. The boxers really did him justice there that he had on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it sounds like maybe uh, you got you got uh, you got some second some second possibly third degree burns or whatnot when you're in that fire. Yes, yes, sir. I did. I took a good bit to the back and the shoulder blades and the arm. And do you do you spend any time in the hospital for that or? Uh, I went. They wanted me to stay, but they told me I could go home because surgery was so far out. Yeah. Uh, because he was that me and him rode in the same ambulance to the hospital together. He was oh, really? higher priority. Um, so they they were dealing with him and basically debriefed my back and then wrapped me up and told me I can stay the night or I can come back in the morning to have surgery. So I went yeah. and stayed at home for a little bit, you know. And then how long until you got back to the job? Oh. Uh, I think I was off two months. Okay. It was about two weeks where I could even get a shower, you know, without a washcloth. Uh, then you had to start stretching the new skin and everything without tearing. And then you couldn't go sunlight, none of that. You couldn't really, couldn't really do much. But, I mean, I was able to come back to work. First shift back, we caught another structure fire. So, it was all in due process, you know. Yes, sir. Awesome. Well, uh, it's the first time I've had two people on and kind of tell a couple different little sides of the story. That's awesome. Uh, thank you, uh, Chase. So as uh, that was yes, sir. Chase Chapel, who was a firefighter. He was a uh, probie uh, at the time, and then he had James Barlow was his uh, officer. So thank you. Yes, sir. Well, uh, thank you for coming on the show today and sharing your story. If you're on scene yeah. of a structure fire uh, with a rescue or assist with a that is dead or alive civilian help us capture our wins and specific details that improve our rescues and search across this nation and fill out one survey per victim on www.firefightersrescuesurvey.com. You can join the Facebook group, uh, firefighter rescue survey where hundreds of rescues are being recorded monthly. If you'd like to share your story on grabs podcast, contact Grant Schwalbe. Uh, you can probably get on the book of faces, residential primary search, or you can contact me, Justin McWilliams. Uh, I run Search Culture. 
You can Facebook, friend me, whatever you got going on. Uh, call me, text me, email me, snail mail. My phone number is 503-729-2734. Okay.